Is poison right beside the medicine? Stick around, we'll find out. So, for those of you on YouTube, if you have ever fallen asleep in church, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button. Boom, baby. We just got a bunch more today, didn't we? That's right. <laughs> so, so, seriously, y'all, uh, we need support. We need you to help us get the word out. Um, if you're on YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button, as well as we need your comments in the comment section. Um, comment. Whether you, you like it, whether you appreciate it, if you just want to say, yep, or if you want to say, nope, or even if you don't agree with us, we want to hear about that too. Um, it'll just help us to get the word out. So you can also check us out on Spotify. Um, where else can they find the beautiful bean footage? Facebook. Facebook. Yep. yep. So I think the Spotify takes care of all the podcast platforms, right? Doesn't it do that? Maybe. Yep. You can find us on the Ministry League app. There you go, Ministry League app. And now, has it gone live yet? Has it gone up on our website? What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you can go to uh, kwchurch.org. That's Kensington Woods Church of Christ. Um, go to kwchurch.org, and there is a link on one of our uh, – there to our podcast. So check it out. Maybe. Maybe it's on there. I'm not maybe sure. Maybe it's on there. Maybe not. It's coming. It's coming. We were yeah. talking to our uh, – producer editor whatever dude that takes care of all that kind of stuff and uh so thanks for joining us today today we're uh, continuing our series on parables and we're looking at we're looking at poison and medicine and, you know a lot of times when you so i was asked i used to teach dare uh, as a police officer and in the school system for like five years i think but i, I always asked the kids and i was prompted as a as a as a guy and, and teaching dare to um to actually look at asking the kids like what is a drug and so the the definition of a drug is any substance other than food that affects the way your mind or body works and so i'd always talk to the kids about what's a you know what's a what's a bad drug well they would always say you know meth or crack or marijuana and uh, you know they would come up cocaine and they would scream out all these things but then I'd say, well, what about Tylenol? Is it a drug? And they would say, no. Well, I'd go, well, what about a headache? You know, did, or can it lower your fever? So does it affect the way your mind or body works? Well, yes, it can. And so, uh, so Tylenol is technically a drug in its in its identification as its definition, but we classify it as a good drug. And so it's something if it's taken properly. By the way, we're not medical professionals, but if, if it's taken properly, <laughs> what? seek out your medical professional. You've been writing me all these prescriptions. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you look at all these uh, people who take Tylenol. If you, if you take it in the proper way, it'll do good for you. Get rid of your headache or help minimize it and help you know reduce a fever, um, whatever it might be. But certainly you can abuse it. You take too much Tylenol, you can overdose on it. So the, the question is, is, is like, as we're looking at the parable at these parables uh today we're gonna we're gonna look at something that 
that sometimes you would think it would be like really distinct because I don't think anybody is going to take is going to like say oh well um I think I think most people in the church would go I would never take crack cocaine hopefully you won't but but certainly people would go but I'll take a Tylenol I sure have got some weird calls though Bob I'm just going to tell you that's true <laughs> and and uh I would uh you know hopefully that, that they would they would say, "Well, I, I certainly would consider taking the Tylenol, but but you don't put we don't put crack cocaine and Tylenol on the shelf at the pharmacy. But certainly there could be some things that are there at the pharmacy that could that could poison you. Like you you don't want to drink uh you don't want to drink straight rubbing alcohol, right? You know, or you don't want to drink um, hydrogen peroxide." So those things are on the shelf right beside each other. So and so today we're talking a parable. We're looking at the wheat and the tares, and so uh, that's how I want to introduce it. And there's a reason why for that in just a moment. But so so the you know this is the second one right of two that the Lord explains. The only two right, and they're back to back. There you go. You know the parable of the soils like we talked about last week and then this week is the parable of the wheat and the tares yep so we're in matthew 13 matthew 13 right so when somebody says matthew 13 i always say the parables matthew 13 parables Parables. you know that way that they're synonymous in my head if i is that one of glenn collie things it is it is what do you call it kid sing i think Uh, yes kid sing yes kid sing and so matthew 13 the parables right and it's chock full of them and only two of them. Now, there's other parables in here, right? The parable of the hidden treasure, pearl of great price, the the dragnet one, you know. And, yep. and, and we hope to get to all those. Yeah, but these two are the ones that the Lord explains. And and so the why, why were you trying to explain the, you know, dope and Tylenol for? Well, so I always had the idea, and I think me and you have had this conversation a couple of years ago. Maybe. But, but I, just help me out. Yeah, so... I always, whenever I preached at Capitol Hill Church of Christ, I looked across at uh, at a, there was a field across the street, and I always had some kind of row crops in it. Well, whenever the fall would come around, whenever it's time to harvest the wheat, you could see that you had the wheat that was it was brown, and the heads of grain would get on it. But then the uh, you could see some green weeds growing up in it, and sometimes they were even higher than the wheat. And it was just you know that's just how it goes. So I always thought that the the wheat and the tares that you could you could positively 100% go there's a tear out there there's a weed and here's the good stuff and so i see the bad stuff and and so I, the, they would have the, and so i would use, i use it as an illustration but what i didn't understand is is that w- with further reading and further study it's that i come to realize and I don't think you have to know Greek, and certainly to to go to heaven. Um, at least I hope not, because I don't know Greek. <laughs> but uh, but it, but it does help us as far as being teachers to understand certain words. And so, really, when you see this word tear, and I'm just beating you to the punch today, but but really, it it means darnel wheat, and darnel wheat can be poisonous. But it looks very very similar to regular wheat, and so there's not really a big distinction between them. So that's why I wanted to. To bring that out, as far as poison. So you're saying, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Then I'm gonna try. To, uh, I'm making sure I understand the because uh, I'm still mastering English, right? <laughs> right. I, I ain't got Greek, but I'm. I ain't gonna worry about that until I figure English out. But 
you're saying that Jesus in his parable here, when he's talking about the difference in the wheat and the tares, that that he's talking about something that's distinctly. Why did you turn my headphones up? I meant to turn mine up because <laughs> I couldn't hear me. There we go. Yeah, yeah so me. distinctly what? Distinctly different. You know, you're, you're saying that you read this because weeds or tares, right? Because it's, it's the wheat and the tares is what we call this parable. And because of that, then we needed to, you know, nobody nobody says go tear eat, right? Right. They say go weed eat. Right. And the, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so that causes in our mind a, a certain type of, you know, something distinct, right? Yeah. And uh, so you're saying is that when you read this, and I think most of us, do and have done in the past you know we read this and we look at this in the sense that there's some kind of um real distinction between the wheat whose golden grain and its heads are bowed over and they're ready to cut it for grain and the weeds that grow up beside of it right because uh, the weeds always stick out you're right they get taller but but you're you're talking about that the lord here in his audience realizes that there's something distinctly different now i mean th- these people are hearing this in a very distinct way is what you're getting at right yeah and so that this idea is that um is that th- this is this is not like uh looking at a at a corn stalk and looking at a piece of crabgrass growing beside it right that what the lord is really talking about is that there's something that looks very similar to to the wheat, yeah, I mean, the, but it's really wheat poison. Is, darnel wheat is is kind of our our term for it. You know, they would have also called it Persian wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's because they look so similar to it. Now, this is where when Ben gets here, it'd have been a good guy to pull up our picture, right? I hope. Are you working on that? Pull up mine in your picture. No, I don't care about our ugly mugs. That, oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about, yeah like. I'm gonna pull up darnel wheat. Mm-hmm. But you know the reason why is because when Jesus, you know, sometimes when Jesus is teaching things, he's teaching things. So you know, like when he says, uh, "Tell me who's in," you know, they 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 come to him and they say, "Tell me, master, or master teacher, or Jesus, or whatever, uh, is it lawful for us to pay tithes?" And he says, "Well, bring me a coin, right?" So he brings him a coin. And you know the audience is standing there watching him, and they're here, they're seeing, they already know whose inscriptions. You know, he asked them whose inscriptions on that, right? Unless they answer that question, you know, the, the Pharisees answered it and said, "Well, Caesar's inscriptions on it, right?" Unless they answered it, we that that story would have never made that much sense to us. You got right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't have understood distinctly what was the what was the significance of Caesar, of the coin. Well, Caesar's coin was on the on the. Um, uh, Caesar's inscription was on the coin. So when Jesus is talking here, he's going to use this word here, and they're going to understand it in a very distinct way that we wouldn't necessarily understand, right? Right. Because of the, this translation problem. And that's what you're getting at with the Greek, right? That's right. What, what, is that, that sometimes things bubble up in our translation that aren't necessarily... You know, they don't paint the clearest picture of what Jesus was driving home. That's right. And, and you can you can look at, like, any kind of translation, um, you know, and, and and look at it distinctly. Let's see if I can get this pulled up to where people in our audience can see it. So, yeah, so this right here is on the screen. I don't know why that that's. So, like, the thing is, like, what's the difference in these two? Like, which one of these is wheat and which one of these is a tear? And that's what you have to decide. And and so... But but let's let's look at the parable because, you know, yeah. shrink that little picture down a little bit right there. And 
You know, because the parable is the one that tells the tale about it. That's right. So I'm, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to read Go a ahead. little bit here. Go ahead. All right. And another parable in verse 24 of Matthew 13, another parable he put forth. So the kingdom of, of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to them, Do you want us to then go to gather them up? And he said, No, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you'll uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather the tares, bind them in bundles, burn them, and gather the wheat into my barn. So if you, if you, to start to diagram this parable a little bit, this guy, whoever he is, verse number 24, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So he's sowing exactly what needs to be sown. Amen. So there's, there's no distinction. It's like you can go to the store and, and, you know, you don't go to the store to buy cucumber seeds and you, three months later, you come up with watermelon seeds. I mean, there's a chance that that might happen. Right. But more than likely, whatever's, whatever you're going to buy is going to, you don't go back and say, well, I planted these cucumber seeds and watermelon come up and you, the, the seed supplier doesn't say, well, you know, you just can't ever tell a seed. Yeah. Right. I mean, you expect, you know, what you plant to grow up. Yeah, and so that this is what this guy's doing. He's sowing the right thing in the field. He's sowing good seed in the field. That's right. And and here's one thing to think about too is like we as we as men, we as Christians, uh, this goes for ladies too. But like, you better be sowing good stuff in your in your family. You better be sowing good stuff in the church and good stuff in your children's lives. Good stuff in your marriage. And 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 that that's the whole idea here is that. This this guy he sowed good seed in his field, and then there's one part too where and I, this just hit me. But like, but while while men slept, his enemy came in. If I get caught sleeping, now granted a farmer's got to have some sleep. Yeah, well he says men. Yeah, while men say the man. It says while men slept. So you get here, it's a distinguish distinguish because the kingdom of heaven is like a man, mm-hmm. right? A man who sowed good seed. But while men slept. Slept. So somebody could have been watching, right? That's right. But nobody thinks, like, seriously. Like, if I plant something, I don't ever think, like, somebody's going to come along and just say, I'm going to fix him. Yeah, right. I mean, like, I know this whole Roll Tide War Eagle thing is so bad that you can ride through Alabama sometimes. Any of you people out there that are Crimson Tide fans, I'm just going to tell you. Roll Tide. <laughs> that Not me. You can go through there, and you can see where people hate each other so much. I remember a guy burned... And one of Jessica's grandma's neighbor's yard, because he had a, a uh, uh, he was either a war eagle or a crimson tide. He put fertilizer, fifty zeros, top dressing, right, burned in U of A or the or whichever the opposite was. And right, it took, right, right. I mean, like that guy really went to a lot of effort, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't do that, right? Unless they just have a a a. And I'm, I mean, you got to give it to them Alabama fans, man. They are dedicated. I mean, think about right, how much. Right. How much it takes to go burn. Just watch the Roll Tide War Eagle ESPN documentary sometime with Harvey Updike. And, but nobody's going to think that just like, you know, I planted my seed. I better sit around, or sit around and watch. Make sure nothing comes and turns it over. You know, make sure nobody comes along. Because I just know that somebody might spend their energy to come in here and sow seed. 
and mess my garden all up. Does anybody do that? It no. Ha- no, it happens so, like, discreetly, and it happens so slowly over time. And really what this is, I mean, you can look at slip, and you could – it's really, it's. I mean, it can be. You could replace that with complacency. I'm not trying to take away from the word of God, but like me getting complacent in my life, you know. I've, okay, well, I took my kids to church, mm-hmm. so how come they growed up and now they're they're <laughs> got off to they're got off and they're not in the church no more? Right. Well, did you? How complacent did you get? And That's I mean, right. this is just a realization that just smacks me in the face every day in the mirror. It's like, how? What What can I do to put in my kids' life? And then. You know, it's, I can't tell you how many times like my wife has has truly helped me to be a better father and a better husband, a better leader to the home. That sometimes, you know, she she'll just tell us, and I mean, we think we're doing good. Our kids are at church every time the doors are open. We have devotionals in our house, and sometimes she's just like, "I just think we're failing our kids," you know, and and like I just think that, you know, we're failing them as far as what what they truly need in in their lives as far as Christians and. And that's if, you know, if we, if we miss some devotionals or whatever. And so she helps me draw those lines. And and certainly that's a wild men slept. That's a that's a terrorized thing in my mind. And I don't ever want to stand on the judgment day and God be like, why would you have idle hands with your children? Why would you have idle hands with your wife? Why'd why you are have you sleeping? Idle, why are you sleeping in? Why are you sleeping when it comes to the church? You know, yeah, so, so, so it's going to come you- in. And so that's what you see here is the enemy comes in and sows his tares. And, and what's what's the awesome part about it is is he doesn't have to hang around. Yeah. You know, it's not like he has to hang around and watch. You know, it's You're like, talking about the enemy? Yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, right. It's not like where we play a prank on somebody. You know, like we play a, we play a prank on somebody. It's like there's a tree falling. I just want to, just want yeah. to watch, though. Yeah, it's like if a tree falls in the wood, does it make a racket? You know, yeah. well, you know, you never know because you're not there. Right? Yeah. Jeremiah, <laughs> we just come off of camp. Thank you all for uh, not holding us to being at camp. But I remember Jeremiah Stafford back in the day, a long time ago, called a, you know, you got wars between guys and girls in camp. Called a possum and put in the, <laughs> put in the toilet of the girl's bathroom. I asked him, he, he was talking to Ashley. I said, Hey, how did you, uh, how'd you catch a live possum? He said, You got to spotlight them. You got to do it at nighttime. So that means that, you know what they were doing? While the girls were sleeping and everybody else is sleeping, they out with a spotlight, right. spotlight possums to put in, put in the bathroom at the girl's bathhouse. Put in the toilet. Yeah. But so you, you just think, you know, I just want to stay and watch and yeah, see, hear the screen, this guy whatever. Did. That's not what he did. You know, there's, you know, he got his joy out of sowing this evil seed. That's right. And because he knew that seed produces, right? That's right. That's the law of biogenesis. He knew that sowing bad seed, that it was going to produce the same thing that he put in the ground. That's right. And and this comes right off the heels of Jesus talking about the parable of the souls. And the third one, it choked out by the the deceitfulness of riches. That's you right. You know, the, the things of this world. Enemy's going to come in and, and he's going to do this. And so verse 26. Yeah, go ahead. So now we're 25, mm-hmm. men slept, his enemy came, sowed the seed, and went his way. So the enemy's gone. He's did his job. That's right. But when the grain had sprouted, produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. It's not that the tares appeared while they were growing. Right. It's not until it's producing a crop. Exactly right. You know, even looking at this head right here on this grain, mm-hmm. the difference in the two, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty distinct, Right. But but while they're growing, they look exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, like like before this thing produces its fruit, if you if you had a picture of it, but we should have planned more to do this, but yeah. if you'd have had a picture of it when it's a little tiny thing, they look exactly the same. So this old boy right here, he never knew that these things were growing until 
He never knew that they were growing up until when it produced fruit. That's right. I'm going to try to – I did pull up another picture, and that's not a clear picture, though. But you can kind of see, like – but this is a fruit. You know, this is a – this is the evidence whenever it's got the grain on it. Yeah, when but it produced a crop. That's right. But when it's growing, it looks the same. Yeah. And so it, it's just like our kids or, 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 or in our congregations or in our lives. You know, when these things, when the enemy comes in and sows seed, he really, he doesn't need to hang around. Yeah. I mean, you know, like we think that Satan's after us to get us to follow him. That's not what he's after. He just get after us to follow something else yeah. other than the Lord. Amen. Great point. Because it doesn't matter if we're following him or we're following, you know, the women's Olympic soccer team. You know, we're, we're still not following the Lord. We're not doing what he wants us to do. And that's why it says here, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Yeah. So... You, you want to know real quick whether or not you're sowing good seed or not? You got to look at your fruit. Mm-hmm. You got to look what's coming up. You got to look at the crop. That's right. You got to look when, at the crop. When the, head, when the head's grown on it. That's right. So Jesus, you, uh, you want to do 37 through 43 where he answers what it's like? Well, I think we need to go 27 through 30. All right, go ahead. So the servant of the owner said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Like what, how did this happen? You know, if you're saying that that we've got tares here, I mean, like like I distinctly remember you sowing good seed. How did this happen? So the the landowner he says, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, verse twenty eight, Do you want us to go and gather them up? In other words, you want us to try to pull this stuff apart? Right. He says, No, because while you gather up the tares, you'll also uproot the wheat with them. And and these things are intertwined. You ever you're you know like you think about wheat growing. It ain't like uh. You know, I don't know. Did, did they have Roundup Ready soybeans and where you're at? Uh, yeah. So you know they could go through and plant soybeans and plant and spray Roundup over top of them. Yeah, and it would kill everything but the soybeans. Mm-hmm. So the soybeans are just out there in the field all by themselves. But them soybeans, you know, they're kind of distinct. You know, there's a, you know, they're they're really, you know, some space between them and this and that and the other. Well, that's not the way wheat grows. Wheat grows like grass. All intertwined. Yeah, it's just a big old looks like a hay field yeah. out there, and so. He says, "No, you, you can't do that. You know, we're, we're too far. We're too far gone with it now. And so, there's no. If you start going out there trying to pull it up, then what you're going to end up doing is pulling up all the all the good stuff with it. That's right. And so he says, we're going to have to. It'll be a it'll be a careful process, but we're going to do it in the end. This is a big thing too. Like you can't you can't draw lines after the fruits here. There, like you can't." What what I mean by that is like you can't really go back and go oh well, I meant I meant to plant a pear tree instead of an apple tree well too late bud you you planted it that's right and and you can't you can't go back and and try to try to plant um you know when you planted wheat I mean you you can't go back and go well, oh I wish I, I planted soybeans instead mm-hmm. what's planted planted's planted it's done and it's the same way you got you have this season in your life right now and this opportunity. You better plant some good seed. And you can want all you want for that to change into good seed. Right. But it's not. That's exactly right. So th- that's my fear is that I stand before God and it's like, man, you didn't you didn't plant what you're supposed to be planting. I'm just now old enough to, to realize a lot of the, starting to see a lot of the seeds that I planted years ago pay off. And it makes me wonder, because I see those ones that are paying off, and it makes me wonder all the bad ones that I planted. Mm-hmm. That scares me. Because, That's right. You know, just like your illustration you did at camp, you know, with the with the one, you know, not teaching one, and 
it's that whole idea of, of, you know, when I don't teach somebody, they can't teach somebody else, and they can't teach somebody else. And, and you got this pyramid, you know, that you're, that you're eliminating from the top down. And It all I, starts with me. And it starts with me. And so I think about the seeds that I've sown, and what have I done? You know, what, what, what have they produced? Have I fussed and complained about being a Christian when I've got the best life? Have I fussed and complained about the best life that anybody could have to where somebody could look at it and say, why would you want to be a Christian? Right. Have I fussed and complained about, you know, wh- whatever the case may be, and 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 made people think like, if Chris is tangled up in the affairs of this world, worrying about the things of this world, then that's what he's really worried about. He doesn't think heaven's real. That seed I'm sowing, good seed, and bad. Amen. And I can't go back on that once I've sown it. Now I can try to, you know, I can try to dust it up, but it'll never change, right? Yep. Uh, Noah Jones said, don't forget the guy who poisoned the tumor. Oaks I mentioned that guy, that. Harvey Updike. Yeah. And it's because Noah's one of them tied fans. And that's the whole thing. It's like, he's probably the guy that did that then. But you can't, you know? once you, you're right. Once you put poison in, like you can't go unpoisoning. That's right. You can't undo that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so thanks Noah. Good point. So as you, as you keep going, it's like, they got to grow together. And so, you know, so many times we're like, Lord, will you just take this evil out of the, out of the way? And it's like, you got to grow together. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go together. So every day that we see evil, we should be reminded that, like, I've got to, I've got to do, i got to be the one who's planting something good. and, and uh, Producing fruit. That's right, and producing fruit. And, and that's the, the whole idea of this is, like, you got to be. The other thing, too, though, is, like, you don't, you don't know – you got to be producing good fruit, but like sometimes you may not know who's right beside you if it's poisonous or not. And in my complacency and and the enemy of the best is not the bad; it's the good. That that all these good things in life, like that, that can lead me away, can lead my children away, lead my wife away. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, that's a that's a it's good for my kids to be in baseball. It's good for them to be in swimming or karate or whatever these things and and those things we can idolize them and and they can become our our god and and really be a God can be a close second sometimes or or maybe even sixth. So let's look at what the Lord says then, you know, because he he kind of sums it up in verse thirty. He says, you know, you're just going to let them grow both together until the harvest, and at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather together the tares. Bind them in bundles and burn them. Burn them. And gather wheat into the barn. Man, I just want to be that wheat. Well, let's look at what the Lord says. You know, verse 36. You want to read it now? Yeah. Then Jesus sent the multitude away. So this, went, is, this is a private powwow then. He told the parables to the multitude. Yeah. Right? Right. But now he's telling the disciples. That's right. Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend 
and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, what do you think? Man, he, Jesus just flat out puts it down. He who sows the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. That's the... So Jesus is sowing the good seed. That's right. So how does he sow the good seed? So did he stop sowing seed after he died and went back to heaven? Nope. So then... He who, sows it through us. Right. So we're the sowers, right? That's right. We, go, we talked about that. We're going from the sown in the parable at the beginning of Matthew 13 to the sower. That's right. right? And so, not that not that we're Jesus, but it's, no, he's given us the commission. This is what you do. Yeah. And you're my church, and so this is what my church does. Right. We're sowers. Yep. So the the field is what? It's the world that we live in. This big old globe. Mm-hmm. So so what's that mean? Do I got to sow seed wherever I go? Well, I reckon. Yeah. Why not? That's right. And he, I mean, really, truly, what he's saying is, you really, you don't have much choice. That's right. There's a there's a distinct line as far as what you're sowing, and if you're not sowing good, what's well, a scripture that uh, script Jesus said, you know, he who doesn't gather with me scatters. Mm-hmm. And so the, I'm either I'm either gathering with Christ. Um, I'm doing what he wants me to do, or I'm really, I'm just not on his team. And there's no option for these guys. You know, just think about this in the first century. There's no option in the sense that, like, if, you know, during this foolish pandemic, right, Mm -hmm. you know, we could run out here, and if Walmart didn't have beans, we could go over to the corner market or Winn-Dixie or whatever, right? Yeah. These guys didn't have an option. Yeah, no choice. They they had to sow in order to eat. If, If they didn't, that's right. I see what you're saying now, but I th- think you're talking about. I was thinking you were talking about talking about the disciples. If those first twelve, if they didn't sow, the church wouldn't be here. That's the parallel. Yeah, that, that's the parallel. They had to do it, or they didn't eat. And so it's not like Jesus. There, there's another option that he gives them. You know, the seed is the the, the world is the field. And so if these boys are, if you're going to eat generation, you know, up until the turn of the first of, of the 1900s, if you were lazy or if you were a drunk, you didn't eat. Yeah, and you died. Yeah, you didn't survive. You starve to death and you died. Well, you know, we could talk about this some other time, but, you know, a lot of the challenges we have today is because we've let people eat that don't work, right? Mm-hmm. And the, these guys would have understood distinctly, hey, man, i got to be sowing seed. If, I, if, we don't sow, if my family decides we're not going to sow seed or we're not going to raise our cattle or to, 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 to swap for whatever I'm going to need, then... Yeah, that, that I mean that's a seed that we need to be planting with our children. It, so this we're gonna is an, work. This is an immutable thing. Jesus is realizing that that I mean these people are he's teaching this and they're realizing that we're talking about our food. So the same thing he could use for us today, if you don't go to the grocery store, right? I mean if you don't if you don't go get your food, if you don't get the things that you need, then you're not gonna make it. It's life. It's life. Exactly right. And so he's telling them that the seed is the world. Remember the world around you is the place that we sow in. And so you got to sow where you're at. I can't come over on your land and sow on your land because then I've just helped your produce. Mm. I've got to sow over here on my side of the, of the spot. As a matter of fact, one of the things that God was real pointed about under the old law was to never move the landmarks. So you knew exactly where your property line was. Mm. And so you worked your land. I had my land, and it was supposed to be mine, and I was responsible for it. No different than today. you got a landmark in your life. 
you know, God knows in the end of your I mean, mine and yours may overlap. Yeah. Oh, but so, boy, Chris was a good preacher. He was at my church, and so I'm gonna ride, say that. I'm gonna ride his coattails on into heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. You I'm know gonna, what I'm saying? They probably want nobody to use that. They may say Bob, whatever. <laughs> but, so, but the that's field the whole, is the world. The field's the world, and and so there's you got to be planting things in your area of responsibility. Well, God gives us these responsibilities in our lives, and this is okay. This is my area of ministry. This is my area of responsibility. I, I can't tell you like how many mamas that came to camp last week. And they brought their babies with them, and they thought, "Well, I can't be producing anything or whatever." Like you, I mean, those mamas who were holding them little babies over there on the side, you know what they were doing? They were being such an example to them young girls who were at camp. And those were just messages that were subliminal, but they they hold more power and validity than anything in the whole world. And I'm gonna say it before you do. We were sitting there with the little kids, with our uh, me and Chris got to watch after. Well, we got to watch. Uh, Mitchell watch after <laughs> the the young boys, but during their Bible class time, they were talking about, you know, who's most important to your life, who helps you go to heaven, and every one of them kids were naming mama, 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 mama. Yeah, I mean that was a if 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 people if there was ever a question of the woman's roles in the church, if they'd have come to us at our Bible class that morning with these five six year olds out of the bowels of babes, right? You know, Mitchell's like, who's the most important person in your life? What was the question? Like, who can get you to heaven? Or yeah, something? who's who's the mo- like who who influences you and who's a good role model for you in your life? I think that's what the question was about. Uh, whatever it was, it was it was mama. Yeah, everybody, and, all these all these boys and were you saying asked them mama. Why? These weren't little girls either. These were little boys. And then then we so why? Well, she takes me to church. She teaches me the Bible. She reads me the Bible. She, she prays with me. She prays with me. Right. She does all these good things. Well, and and so Mitchell says, "Who else? Anybody else? Well, Daddy. Daddy. Well, okay. How does Dad? Well, he goes on the water slide with me. <laughs> right. Or Daddy's ball practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you mamas like don't ever underestimate your influence. And so that's what I was telling some of those ladies. They're over holding babies and just can't. Can't get any anywhere. <laughs> couldn't get anything accomplished. But it's like I've heard an elder say this time and time again: God can raise up anybody He wants to to be the president of the United States. But there's only one person that He picked to help this child go to heaven. The the most influence, and that's that mama who's sitting there holding that baby. Amen. No better, no better chance. So the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom yep whatever wherever your area of responsibility is be sowing so I, I then here's where he draws a line here's where you can tell whether you're a son of the kingdom or son of the wicked one son of the wicked one right because you know everybody wants to be the good the good seed i am right i am that's what everybody thinks nobody yeah. sitting there goes that's what jeff foxworthy said he said nobody ever goes on one of them talk shows like well my mama was great my daddy was great and I'm just a, and he used a cuss word, but he's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just a nobody pretty right. much. I'm just mm-hmm. a piece of trash. Right. And it's like, you know, nobody ever does that. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody thinks they're good. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so that's why he says here is, is real distinct. What does your fruit look like? You know, if your fruit is, is belly aching and fussing and, and sowing discord. That's what and, you're going to get back. That's what you're going to get back. And, that's what he says. You're the son of the wicked one then. And then you'll have plenty more to bellyache about. That's right. You know, you see, you see people who are in their 40s and they're bellyaching, and then people in their 70s and they're still bellyaching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the, I think the, the proverb says that the, uh, the crown of old men, you know, it's not, children's children are the crown of old men. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's, that's the fruit 
That's right, your grandkids. My grandkids. That's right. And and so that's why he says, listen, if you want to know, he, he's real clear with it. You know, like, okay, here it is. Good fruit, you're one of the good seed. Bad fruit, you're one of the wicked seed. You're one of the wicked. You're a child of the wicked one if you do these things. Yep. So you can ask yourself, you know, what am I sowing? Am I sowing really good baseball players? Mm. Am I sowing really good shooters? Am I sowing really good um, – Song leaders, how about that one? Mm-hmm. Am I sowing really? I mean, all these things I can I can point at that are that are are great and admirable traits. But you know, I could just as easily be because it's not about us going after the wicked one. Remember, he sows the seed and leaves. Right. It's about the fruit that I'm producing. This fruit right here, the one on the left hand side, will produce exactly the same thing over and over again. This one right here is going to produce bad. As a matter of fact, it, it'll look good. It'll even be appealing, especially if you're hungry, but it can kill you. That's right. Yeah, the darnel wheat, it says it's poisonous. and causes you to hallucinate, vomit, and uh, severe cases can lead to death when you eat that Persian wheat. And so the Lord says, listen, you know, you're, there's going to be a lot of – there's a lot of things that's going to happen in your life. There's going to be a lot of darnel wheat around you. But every single bit of that, it's going to be burning fire in the end. That's right. You, whatever house you're building – you look at it. Look around. Look at that computer screen that you're looking at right now. It's going to be burned one day. That's right. The only thing that's going to live forever is God's people and his word. That's right. And so that's why he says in the end, listen, there will be a time of reaping. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They'll gather his kingdom, all that offend, and those who practice lawlessness. So now you get to see two kinds of people that fall under the wicked one, right? The ones that practice lawlessness and those who offend. You know, offend. That's a that's a term that we don't really use much anymore, right? It's not. It's like a. Um, it's not like a baby is offended. Yeah, it's not like you. You know, you hurt my feelings. Right. You know, like we're. I'm you fall, go pout. Yeah, you fell down and I laughed at you. Right. right? And they get mad and, and run away. It's it's because you call somebody to stumble. Through, through whatever means that is, whatever whatever it is, you know that's why Jesus uses this analogy later on that millstone. Yeah, that it's better if you cause one of these little ones to stumble and just best thing you can do if you're going to do that is is hit the delete button right now, tie a millstone around your neck, jump in the middle of the pond, and try to swim back. That's the best thing for you. That's right. So now, now we want you to understand that Jesus wants you to repent of whatever it is that you're offending and not check out in life. So let's make that real clear. We're not we're not approving of of suicide. No, 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 no. But but it, that's the point that he's that, that's how much he wants. It you would to be realize. better if you were killed, right? Yeah, he doesn't really want you to cut your hand off, no. right? He wants you to turn away from whatever I'll poke it is, your eye out, right. right, or whatever it is. That's right. He's he wants you to turn away from those things. I just want to be explicit in today's times. Yeah, yeah, and but the um, at the end of the day, you know, our fruit determines. Whether we're sons of the kingdom or sons of the wicked one, That's right. period. We 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 don't get to determine. Jesus has already set that measuring stick. Yeah. He gets to determine. He gets to determine. Yeah, and so you look at you look at the fruit, and so you understand that whatever it is that you're sowing, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna come back. And so people you, people all talk about well karma this, karma that. Jesus Jesus is the one who talked about this. You're gonna reap what you sow. That's right. That's you right. sell these good things, this is what's going to come out. And hell's real. Hell is real. So is heaven. And so which one are you going to? That's right. Which one are you planting seeds for? That's and, right. And this is, you know, Peter talked about this too, and I don't mean to go off on, we could probably go off to a whole bunch of verses, but Second Peter chapter 2, 
I mean, he just flat out tells him. He starts the, he starts off the whole chapter with the word but, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Uh, surely the word of God, you know, of course we can understand that chapters were put in and verses were put in later. But the whole idea is, is, that, is that he's talking. He says, but there were, there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words, deceiving. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. But so he's talking about there's false prophets. But before that, he's saying, look, prophecy didn't come by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they're moved by the Holy Spirit. Scripture didn't come from private interpretation. It came from the Holy Spirit. So there's so the, he's telling us there's going to be false prophets among you. There's going to be false teachers among you, just like there was in the old time. Now we have the word of God to, to distinguish the difference between the two. And so that's where we can draw lines is using God's word. And nobody, I don't think any of these false teachers among them were really meaning to teach falsely. But they're secretly going to bring in destructive heresies. That's a, that's a following of a man's teaching. That's what a heresy is. And is really, is somebody who's among you, are they really, are they denying the Lord who bought them on purpose? I mean, there may be some, but there may be some who are truly denying Jesus who bought them at a price. And they're not even realizing that they're denying him. Well, it's just the deception, right? Yeah. And so, you know, only my fruit tells whether I'm good fruit or bad fruit, right? Jesus said you're going to know them by the fruit. Because I can deceive myself too, right? Real easy. Amen. Hey, we'll pick up again next week. This is the Unscripted Podcast.